In episode one, we heard how the foundation stone had been laid and building work on the cathedral was finally underway. In this episode, we pause to tell the story of the cathedral architect, Thomas J. Duff. It is a story of triumph and terrible tragedy. I'm Mark Byrne and I'm a member of a team of volunteers who have been researching the history of Newry Cathedral for many years. Thomas Duff was one of the most important architects working in Ireland in the first half of the 19th century. He was born in Newry in 1792. Several scholars have taken on the task of studying Duff's life and work, notably Dr Paul Larmer, the architectural historian retired from Queen's University, who wrote a definitive biography and compiled a list of Duff's works. Dr Christine Casey, Professor in Archaeological History at Trinity College, has also written and lectured about Duff. Doubtless there have been others over almost two centuries. We are much indebted to them. We know very little about Duff's background or education, but two researchers have offered theories as to where Duff received his training as an architect. Writing in 1972, Hugh Dixon contended that Duff's subscription to London-based architectural pattern books strongly suggests that he may have trained there or at the very least somehow had correspondence with members of London's architectural circles. Dr Paul Larmer later speculated that Duff likely trained in Dublin since there is a record of a Thomas Duff with an E at the end winning a prize for an architectural design at the Royal Dublin Society School of Architecture in 1805. If this was our Thomas Duff, he would have only been 13 or 14 years old at the time. By 1813, age 21, Duff had established himself as an architect with offices on Castle Street, Newry. Dr Christine Casey points out that Duff obviously already enjoyed a reputation as a competent practitioner, as he was in that same year appointed by exacting trustees to supervise the building of St Mary's Church of Ireland Church in Newry as executant architect to the designs of Patrick O'Farrell, the principal architect. This was following a long drawn out design and tender process that is thought to have involved several architects. That church was dedicated on the 25th of August 1819. Duff's next ecclesiastical commission was the Church of St Bronach in Kilbrony Church of Ireland Parish, Restrever, started in 1818 and dedicated in 1822. A hugely prestigious commission came soon thereafter when Duff was selected to design a new cathedral for his hometown of Newry. We will discuss the building of Newry Cathedral further in the next episode. Suffice to say for now that the site was acquired in 1823, the foundation stone was laid in 1825, and the church was dedicated four years later in 1829. Turning for a moment to Duff's family life, a notice in Freeman's journal dated February 22nd, 1822, indicates that on the 12th of February of that year, Thomas Duff of Newry married a Miss Taylor, daughter of Dr. Taylor, also of Newry. He would have been around 30 years of age at that time. Their marriage got off to a very prosperous start. By the end of that same year, Duff had established a second office in South College Square, Belfast. Their daughter, Mary Catherine, was born. She was followed by daughters Anne in 1827 and Lucy in 1829, by which time Duff had taken on his future business partner, Thomas Jackson, to manage the Belfast office. Finally, in 1833, the Duff family welcomed a son, Robert. 
We know from accounts written in the local press after his death that Thomas was a cheerful and friendly gentleman who was very well regarded. He was Catholic, as evidenced by the fact that he is buried in a Catholic cemetery, but he managed to build and maintain very good relationships with Protestants and Catholics alike, mixing with people of the highest social standing. We know that he was a man with varied interests. For example, he attended a lecture on astronomy by the Reverend Dr. D. W. Cahill on the 27th of December 1847. The event was attended by clergy from various denominations, as well as the great and the good from Newry Society. He co-signed a letter of thanks to the Reverend Cahill that was published in Freeman's Journal several weeks later. By early 1838, Duff was living in a well-appointed home that was part of a terrace of three houses that he designed himself, Paternoster Row, on the very desirable Downshire Road. Thomas and his family lived in the middle house, number 47, Downshire Road. He was likely to have been living there much earlier than this, as the row was built during the early 1820s. His neighbour to the right, in 1838, was William P. Brabazon, a lieutenant in the Louth Militia. One interesting account tells us something of where Duff found the inspiration for his designs, whilst also giving us a glimpse of the opposition that he faced. In a travel book published in 1839, the Reverend Caesar Otway, writing disdainfully about the ambition of the Irish Catholic clergy in building their places of worship, offered this account of an earlier encounter he had with Duff. Not long ago, while on a visit at Cambridge, there was an Irish architect then occupied in taking plans, elevations, etc., of the King's Chapel, certainly the finest specimen of Gothic architecture in England, or perhaps in the world. His declared purpose was to build a similar church in Dundalk. Either his eye was bigger than his purse, or his faith was strong in purgatory and Irish pride. Such a building would now cost half a million. By the time the Reverend Otway's book was published, Thomas was already some two years into the process of building that very church, St Patrick's Parish Church in Dundalk, known by the people of that town as Dundalk Cathedral. Building work on that church started in 1837 and the church opened for worship in 1842 in an incomplete condition. Dr Paul Larmer describes it as an exceptionally fine example of English perpendicular Gothic design. Despite the addition of a tower at the front of the church and other embellishments by later architects, as it stands today, it remains very much Duff's church. Anyone who wants to get some idea of what Newry Cathedral looked like at the time of its original dedication needs only to visit this fine church. Some have even said that Dundalk is Duff's magnum opus or greatest work, but no Newry man or woman worth their salt could possibly agree with that. During his lifetime, Duff was responsible for a remarkable number of landmark buildings throughout Ireland, particularly in the northeast. Some of the most notable examples being Fisherwick Place Presbyterian Church Belfast, Narwater Castle, Newry Courthouse, the Newry Savings Bank on Trevor Hill, Sandy Street Presbyterian Church and St Peter's Church Warren Point, to name just a few. Duff also designed Newry's Corrie Monument, the Ross Monument near Rostrever and the monument to the Reverend John Mitchell in High Street Graveyard, Newry. The pinnacle of Duff's career came when he was commissioned by Archbishop William Crawley to design the new Catholic Cathedral of St. Patrick in Armagh, the foundation stone of which 
was laid on St. Patrick's Day, 1840. This new cathedral would be the seat of the first Catholic Archbishop of Armagh to live there since the Protestant Reformation. The Archbishop, as Primate of all Ireland, was the most senior Catholic churchman in Ireland. Duff designed a splendid cruciform cathedral in the perpendicular Gothic style, with a great square crossing tower, two smaller square towers of a similar design on the western end, and twin turrets on the eastern end. Visit our Facebook page to see an illustration of Duff's design. The link is in the description. Sadly, the work was halted in 1847 due to the arrival of the Great Famine or Great Hunger, when resources had to be diverted to famine relief. Dr Paul Larmer notes that the building work had reached the top of the aisle walls when the work stopped. This setback in Thomas's career acts as a milestone for the beginning of a period during which great tragedy would invade the home of the Duff family. A notice in the Belfast newsletter printed on the 25th of June 1847 reports that on the 18th of June of that same year Thomas's only son Robert died at the age of 15 from rapid consumption. This loss must have been a great hardship for Thomas and his family to endure, but this was only the beginning of their sorrows. The following is an article published in the Newry Examiner and Louth Advertiser less than a year later on Saturday 13th of May 1848. Sudden death of Thomas J. Duff Esquire of Newry, the eminent architect. A profound gloom has been cast over society in Newry by the sudden demise of this most excellent and amiable gentleman, consequent on an attack of apoplexy, superinduced, as there is but too much reason to believe, by severe mental suffering caused by a succession of family bereavements. Mr. Duff had an only son, a young gentleman of the most engaging qualities, in whom his affections were centred, but of whom it pleased the Almighty to deprive his afflicted family. And from that period it has been noticed that the sorrowing father never recovered his former cheerfulness. On Sunday last a beloved daughter died of fever, and this additional shock proved too much for his system. That daughter, Anne, who died on Sunday the 7th of May 1848, was just 21 years of age. The article continues. He appeared, however, in perfect health on Monday night and was conversing with his family within a few minutes of ten o'clock when, as he was leaving the parlour with the intention of retiring to rest, he fell at the door of the apartment in an apoplectic fit and never subsequently rallied from the effects of the visitation till he expired on Wednesday morning. Yesterday, his remains were consigned to the grave. Thomas Duff died from what would now be described as a cerebral haemorrhage on the 10th of May 1848 and was buried on Friday 12th of May in St Mary's Cemetery, Chapel Street, Newry. His grave is located close to St Mary's Church on the Bishop's Walk, a straight path leading alongside the top wall of the cemetery where many people of influence were led to rest during the 19th century. 
His grave is marked with a large tablet headstone, decorated with a small white cross, surrounded by the inscription, Gloria in excelsis Deo, or Glory to God in the Highest. A second, smaller stone, presumably added later, explains that he was the cathedral architect and includes a short list of other notable works. Newry Parish maintains his grave to this day. The article continues. Tracing these few lines, we find ourselves incapable of discharging adequately today those pious duties which friendship owes to the memory of a man of whose virtues no less than his genius, Ireland has reason to be proud. The tomb, however, of Thomas J. Duff shall not remain uninscribed, even by our humble hand, and we shall endeavour calmly to arrange the materials in our possession, that the public may be enabled to judge how grievous to them is the loss which, to a devoted wife, and a young family of daughters is altogether irreparable and will be long severely felt by an attached circle of friends of all denominations throughout the north of Ireland. Sadly, to the great disappointment of all those who would like to learn more about Duff, it appears that the examiner never kept this promise and the article was never published. On Wednesday, May 17th, 1848, a notice in the same newspaper, the Newry Examiner, advertised an auction to take place at Duff's house at 11am on the 22nd of May, just 10 days after his funeral, during which the entire household furniture would be sold. Items included Brussels and Kidderminster carpets, china, books, mahogany-top office desks, and fixtures suited for a professional or commercial gentleman. Dr. Paul Larmer suggests that the family sold up and moved to Dublin, perhaps to escape the fever. Whatever the motivation, the family certainly acted very quickly, selling almost everything they owned so soon after the death. It is important to put these events into their historical context. These were the hard times for Ireland. The Great Hunger had been in progress since 1845. By its end, in 1852, at least one million Irish people would be dead, and two million more would have fled the country. The same notice in the Newry Examiner also called for all those who owed money to Thomas to contact Hamill and Denver solicitors Newry, who were authorised to receive payment of all debts due to the deceased. Dr Christine Casey notes that Thomas's widow later reached a financial settlement for his work on the then-unfinished St Patrick's Cathedral in Armagh. It is known that she was still negotiating expense claims for Thomas's work for Dundalk in 1851. Just two months after the auction, on the 26th of July 1848, according to a notice published in the Belfast Newsletter on the 15th of August, Thomas's eldest daughter, Mary Catherine, married the Reverend Dr Thomas Butler, Doctor of Divinity, in Manchester. A Dubliner, Dr Butler was a Catholic priest and the administrator of Newry Cathedral. He obviously left the church to marry Mary. This incident is said to have been the subject of an Irish language poem by Art McBennett of Ballykeel, Fork Hill. If you're an Irish language scholar and you want to look for the poem, you can find a reference in the description. The story of Duff's family, as we know it, ended when Thomas's youngest daughter, Lucy, died on the 17th of May 1850, almost exactly two years after Thomas is just 21. 
She rests with her father in Newry, along with her brother Robert and her sister Anne, as noted on Duff's headstone. The fate of his wife is currently unknown. Construction of Armagh Cathedral was resumed in 1854, some six years after Duff's death. By this time, the Archbishop who had appointed Duff had also died, his remains interred beneath the sanctuary of Duff's unfinished cathedral. Upon resumption of the building project, a new architect, J.J. McCarthy of Dublin, was appointed, and he changed the design, adopting the decorated Gothic style. Perhaps the most notable change of many was the removal of the crossing tower from the design. Whilst the resultant cathedral is a fine building, as Paul Lormer wrote, Armagh is no longer really Duff's cathedral. Two further churches designed by Duff were completed after his death. The Church of St Mary's Star of the Sea in Rostrever, completed on the 15th of October 1854, and the Church of St John the Evangelist Hilltown, consecrated in 1856. It is said that the Dublin architect Patrick Byrne completed both of these churches to Duff's designs. There is a danger when considering the heartbreak of the final years of Duff's life, that we lose sight of his many triumphs. At a young age, this brilliant man had already won the respect and trust of powerful people. He was appointed as architect for the most prestigious church-building project in 19th century Ireland at Armagh. By the time he died early at age 56, he had left a huge mark upon the built environment of Ireland, particularly the North East. While Duff's burial place is very modest, his greatest memorial is surely his spectacular cathedral here in his hometown, now a city, a source of great pride and inspiration to many generations of Newry people and to visitors from across the globe. There is an antiphon that would have been sung during the Mass for the consecration of all of his Catholic churches that includes the following words. This is no other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. Newry Cathedral, with its towering pillars, soaring arches and lofty nave, draws the eyes and thoughts of all who enter ever upwards, perhaps even to contemplate paradise itself, thereby fulfilling its role as a gate of heaven. Perhaps Duff, as an architect and a believer, would have viewed this as his ultimate triumph. In the next episode we learn how the cathedral opened for worship before it was finished. We discover what the cathedral looked like at that time, compared to the much expanded and richly decorated church we see today. We'll hear about the solemn dedication ceremony and the grand celebrations that mark the occasion. Follow us on Facebook for extra content at www.facebook.com forward slash cathedral chronicles. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. This episode was written and produced by Mark G. Byrne, with additional material adapted from the works of Dr. Paul Larmer and Dr. Christine Casey and others. Our guest narrator was Father Callum Young. This episode features original music specially composed for this series by Kevin Canavan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>